What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Apartment 113 podcast, where we talk with cool folks in the cannabis and psychedelics industry to learn about their projects and celebrate their successes. My name is Rob Sanchez, and this is episode 50. We're joined today by the COO of the House of Puff, Holly Hager. The House of Puff is a women-owned and Latino-led New York City company working to replace the stigma of cannabis with empowerment. They design and curate everyday luxury smoking accessories for the modern consumer while supporting and celebrating female artists along the way. Their range of products include high-quality ashtrays, hemp wicks holders, ceramic one-hitters, rolling trays, match strikers, and more. Experience a new approach to a refined lifestyle and find out more at houseofpuff.com. Enjoy the show. Holly, thank you for joining us today. Rob, thanks so much for having me. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the conversation for sure. I found myself on your site and seeing the Instagram posts of several times, kind of following the connoisseurship tags and the smoking accessories and you know luxury cannabis goods. So it's it's going to be excellent to talk shop a little bit and and learn how the House of Puff was really built. Yeah. Well, we love talking about it because it's been a really wonderful journey for both of us. How many years has the company been established? Um, Christina started it when she was on bed rest uh, during, well, she was pregnant with her twins um, because, you know, she didn't have enough to. So she was, she was already running one company <laughs> on bed rest and decided to start another one. Um, so that was back in 2017. Uh, wow. And she, it took her a while just sort of building up and trying to figure it out. And, and the, the, um, the whole genesis of the company was that we were both in the art world. Yeah, she yeah. tried cannabis for the first time in her late 20s only. And, um, and she, she always says she loved the experience immediately, but she hated the disgusting, dirty bong that her then boyfriend, husband, (laughs) um, gave it to her in. So she went down to, you know, we live in New York. So she went down to St. Mark's, uh, which is kind of where the paraphernalia Mecca. And and she kept looking for something that, you know, is a stylish woman and and an art collector and all of that, that, that she could really embrace. And, she was like, ew, I don't like any of this. <laughs> so she reached out to her, her network of artists at the time, and that um, and, and one of the artists created her a ceramic one-hitter called La Pipe, which is still our bestseller, our hero product. Oh, so that was the original product as well. Awesome. Yeah. And, and you said she tried cannabis the first time in her late 20s. Um, how about you, Holly? Um, you know, I tried it in college like most people do. I think I'd been... I, it wouldn't have been good for me, but I would have been a way happier high schooler, more well-adjusted had I found it then. But um, And then I was just haphazard for years, you know. I would, um, I, I, I didn't buy my own a lot. It, 
partly because of, you know, the, the illicit market, it was very hard for me to find kind of the right kind of cannabis for me. Um, yeah, because so you kind of get the luck of the draw going the illicit side. You never really know, first of all, if it's, if it's going to fall more on that indica or upper sativa range. And then also the quality on the illicit side could be a, a exactly. wave. And I'm a big lightweight. So um, although I'm a daily user, I, I definitely use, once I really got the hang of it and figured out what kind was right for me and what dose was right for me. Um, but that for me was really driven quite late in my life, in my 40s, when um, I got diagnosed with an autoimmune disease. Oh, and Okay. So it was, and unfortunately, it, it, the one that I have, which has a very long name that no one's ever heard of, um, it, it's, there's no real good treatment. All the treatments, in fact, have so many side effects that they're worse than the actual disease in ways. So, oh, um, man. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a real drag. And so um, before I started using, before I got in the New York medical program and started using it every day, I was on eight big pharma drugs a day. Um, and a lot wow. of them, and those didn't even have the worst side effects, but they all had pretty bad side effects. Um, and once I found cannabis, now, depending on, on where I'm at with my health, I'm either just on two or three big pharma drugs a day and cannabis. Oh, wow. So you're able to cut out over 50% of them. Um, oh, yeah. Like three quarters of them. Wow. Um, it, yes, it really that's a great story. It made a massive difference in my health. And I'm so much healthier than I ever was when I was doing the big pharma route. Right. You, you feel healthier and kind oh of God, feel yeah. more energy. Yeah. And I, I don't... I, the way that my disease works, you get these flares and that can be literally, it can take your health down in a downward spiral very quickly and that you don't recover from for weeks or months. Oh, wow. wow. Um, so okay. yeah, it can be really rough, but I haven't had that problem basically since about six months into getting on the New York medical program, which was like eight years ago. Man, that it's, is quite a story too. Yeah, that's a yeah. long time without any like flare-ups or any instances there. Yeah, I mean, I have an occasional flare, but nothing like I like I sometimes nothing I that's going to put you down for a week no, or so. No, yeah, no, nothing that <laughs> where like I was bedridden sometimes for months, um, and and I just wow. that just doesn't happen anymore. Yeah, uh, let's keep you on your feet, right? Yeah, <laughs> and I'm creating. Happy. Exactly. And I'm a very driven person. Um, so that just drove me crazy to not be able to, to perform. And, and oh, to man, isn't that? Yeah, that's the worst, too. It's, and it sounds like the founder as well, Christina, was feeling that way in, in her bed rest. Um, yeah, you're just exactly. spinning out companies while you're supposed to be recovering. Right. And you're, in, right. in, you're entrepreneurialing. <laughs> yeah, yeah um, we both are, are very similar that way. So before the before the company got started, you mentioned that you guys were in the art world and had crossed paths uh, once or twice. Uh, were you focusing on specific mediums or styles of art, um, periods both, of art? or? Yeah, Christina had an art magazine, and I had um, a, a, an art website that was meant... And both the, the real rationale behind both of our products was to make art more relatable and bring art to more to more of the general populace because the art world can be a pretty um unwelcoming place but people yeah, need it art. kind of comes with a territory on connoisseurship right 
Yeah, exactly. But, but people need art. And I mean, there's a reason that people say a picture says, says a thousand words, because you can, you can communicate something emotionally to someone through an image that it's much harder to communicate verbally. So um, that's what both of us were really driven by the idea of trying to, to bring art to a wider audience and also to make the art world more inclusive to, you know, bring um, really great women artists and BIPOC artists to the fore. Um, which, and, and that was why actually I, I was finding it, it was like Sisyphus pushing a rock up a hill and having it come back and smack me uh, <laughs> every day. Um, it was really hard because the art, a lot of the art world doesn't want that. Um, so they kind of like that level of, um, understanding the nuance they can appreciate in the art. I mean, it's hard to introduce connoisseurship because it has no bounds. Right. Yeah. As you start to get deeper or as you know more and more artists, you can see references and influences and maybe how a hand was drawn kind of changes your whole perspective on what the artist was actually doing or what they know versus um, a layman like myself might say like, wow, look at this. This yeah. is a good picture of the beach. Uh, and I, I don't really have the understanding maybe to say like, OK, this is pulling from X, Y, Z or look at this this origin of the art that they've kind of changed. Exactly. That's the level I love to read about, you know, and see like really why is this art lauded as as being so challenging or innovative, but it's one that I don't really see with that lens, and and that is kind of the problem in the cannabis space too, because there's so much knowledge on the connoisseurship side uh, when it comes to terpenes and cannabinoids or like the the consumption methods themselves. There's a lot to learn uh, that we don't want people to feel that it's being gatekept, even though it's not, it's just a lot of knowledge. Uh, so kind of providing people that leg up or that entry is uh, really a, a noble act, I think, bringing them connoisseurship. Yeah, and, and to be honest, both in art and in cannabis, that's really my passion. I, I, was, uh, I taught history at Fordham for a bit, and I Ooh, loved, cool. loved teaching. Um, but so I take that with me into everything that I do. And, and so much of, of my art company and what I did when I was in the art world was sort of being that translator, having the real connoisseurship myself and being a very uh, passionate collector and, and really trying to grasp, get my arms around the entirety of the nuance, but then breaking it down in writing to other people in a way that just focuses on the why of what's happening and, and makes it accessible to them because people need both art and cannabis. Yes. Yeah. And I think that there's a level of appreciation that comes with, with art or in with connoisseurship that you can't quite put your, you can't quite put in words, but as you bring someone up in their education, they start to find their own kind of stepping stones down that path. And I think it's, um, it's a very interesting conversation uh, having you guys on with the art background is I was recently doing some research on connoisseurship in general, on where did this term come from um, for this awareness and attention to detail. And I found that it actually comes from art. Uh, it, it comes from the Renaissance. Yep. And um, it was like Bernard Berenson um, that was doing some writing and trying to distinguish what's the logic to truly appreciate something as good. And trying to really put that in words. So I've been reading some old articles by by that dude and some other guys in art history to understand that kind of that kind of bend. Yeah, and and I mean it does make a huge difference. 
Um, the more you know, the more you appreciate. At the same time, you can't hit an, someone who's new to either art or cannabis with all that. At it's first. like a fire hose of knowledge and yeah. it just doesn't feel fun. <laughs> no, it's, it's really unpleasant. So instead you want to, and that's a lot of what we do at House of Puff is to, to bring people along in a way that's super relatable, that's especially as legalization is coming along. You know, there are a lot more customers who are out there who they're never going to get to a point of connoisseurship. They just want something that's effective for them that they like. Right. Help with sleep or help help with an ailment, kind of add a little bit of euphoria to their evening if they need it, uh, that kind of thing. And and so a lot of our and our products are they make it that cannabis isn't your identity. You know, it, it doesn't have to be identity defining anymore. It can, it can be just, it's a great part of your life. Just like, you know, I like to have a cocktail. I like to have a glass of wine, but my whole life doesn't revolve around that. Um, and so, right. and, and I'll actually give you a bit of an exclusive um, that we are actually coming out with our very first THC product. Ooh, awesome. <laughs> yeah. Very and, cool. And it's called the Spritz. Um, and we came up with a form factor that is very easy. It's, a, it's just a spray, a, a sublingual. And I actually have a sample I can show you. It looks like a lip gloss. Oh, nice. So it's, not so, it's something that you wouldn't be surprised to find in the purse or in the makeup bag. Exactly. Or, you know, in a guy's pocket, frankly. That's um, a small form factor to take it with you. I like that. Exactly. And it's also the anytime, anywhere form factor where, um, for, for me with my disease, the way it is, I needed something like I often need daytime help. Um, and unfortunately I can't work if I'm really, really stoned. So I, it's need... not the right time to roll up or smoke it, a bowl. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like I can do that at night. Plus I also, my disease affects my lungs. So for me, smoking is ah. the best thing. Yes, that's key. Right, right? But usually when I buy a, a, a sublingual, a tincture, it's a super high potency. And hey, that's like, there's nothing I want more than total body numbing. Like, to get there. Yeah. Relaxation at night and, and to knock out at night. But I can't do that during the day. Um, but I need pain relief sometimes. And so this is a form factor. Or like if I'm in a movie theater. Or if I'm at right. dinner, um, there's many like, venues where it's just even if is not possible, right? Even if it is like accepting, it's just it would be so faux pas to light up in the theater or <laughs> in right. certain restaurants, right? Exactly. Even if it's legal, I mean, and and you know, there's still like hotels often have no smoking, no vaping signs and stuff like that. Um, and I travel a lot, so it's just that easy form factor that you can use anywhere, anytime, and that is very friendly and easy for new people and also great for daily users like me. Yes. I mean, uh, it's hard for me sometimes to be that new person. My, I'm kind of biased from just years of being inundated with it all, but every once in a while I have to zoom way out and it's just, I can't imagine how easy that would be now just saying, Hey, just start with a tincture, start with a spray. Just, you don't actually need a lighter or a grinder or a pipe. It's just, Right. Try no this out and, it's, and it's experience strange. the effects maybe before you hack up a lung or have to work on that uh, inhalation aspect. 
<laughs> yeah, and it took me a while. I'll be honest with you. I mean, initially when I started, I smoked, but then I knew it wasn't so good for my lungs. But now I'm I'm at that place where, okay, I I have my different form factors for different things, right? Kind of and different occasion, kind of thing. I see. Yeah, you want to knock out at night, you, or or if it's a Saturday and you just want to giggle through movies all day, there's an edible for me. But ah uh, yes. You know, <laughs> If I've worked too late and I need instant pain relief, then I'm gonna then I'm gonna use our one hitter at the pipe and and, and actually have that. a bowl or just get exactly. that effect quick. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But the, what's great about the spritz that we've come out with is that it hits in like 15, 20 minutes. Wow. So it's kind of that perfect middle ground with not having to wait for the edible, but at the same time getting almost instant gratification and also having the sort of control that you have when you smoke of dosing. Uh, yes, which you can kind of lose at times with edibles, not knowing what your cookie really, really yeah, is. Yeah, I've run into some something new. Right. Uh, true. You don't even know what it is. It's saying 10 milligrams and that doesn't that doesn't mean anything yet. Right. It could be a strain mixture that, it, you know, completely does not agree with you. And then you're stuck for hours. Riding it out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We've all been there. It's no fun. Yes. Yeah. It's the, the change from kind of combusting to more relying on tinctures or other methods is something that I'm kind of experiencing right now. And I have a, a young daughter in the house, so I ch- kind of changed my routine and started focusing on that as well. And I think almost it is the instant gratification part that's the hardest to to change. It's not really that I enjoyed taking the dab. I think it's just that the high was like fast, that now I have these tinctures and edibles and I kind of, you know, twiddle my thumbs, sort of like, well, I guess I'll find something to do for an hour. And I mean, it does work. It's just uh, more of an act of patience and kind of working on the willpower side of things. Totally. Yeah. Well, I, I think, you know, as the science gets better and, and you know, legalization increases, I think we're going to have a lot more form factors that, you know, have combined that kind of hit that sweet spot in between. Yes. Yeah. You said something earlier that I, I, I wrote down. I think it's going to have to be our quote of the show. And that's that cannabis doesn't have to be an identity or a, uh, like identifying yeah. you. Right. It's just a identity. part of life. It's a part yeah. of your wellness. I I like that so much. I think that's key that uh, people start seeing that as a possibility. It's not that you have to go full on and and grow your dreadlocks um, and, you know, start wearing tie dye or looking like me just to appreciate the cannabis. You know, it's it's there for you to use in your health and wellness routine to kind of find that that sustenance or the the value you need out of it. Exactly. Well, and I um, while I am a New Yorker at heart and always will be. Um, my husband's office is in Connecticut, and so he moved me up to Connecticut a few years ago, and I'll never be I from see. Connecticut. <laughs> um, but I've Just now... residing within Connecticut. Exactly. But I, you know, it's a very sort of affluent and upper crusty mainstream kind of building that I live in. Um, but once people find out what business I'm in, all these women take me aside and they're like, hey, wow, mm. I heard I heard you're in the cannabis business. Could, could you tell me what to get? Could you help me? I really want to try it. And and these are women in their 50s and 60s, usually, um, who who maybe tried it in college. But, you know, it was that same thing. They were at the mercy of whatever they could get. 
And now, like, if they can have someone help them and just give them a few cues about how to get into it, they're so thrilled and so grateful. And they become daily users because... Right. They just kind of need that little bit of step or a little bit of guidance and especially finding it from someone that they can relate to or someone who's, you know, technically like living with them or living in the neighborhood. I think it feels... Um, safer, I think, for lack of better words, to have that conversation, and um, that's what's needed. I think you know, it's. Yep. I, I think about my my aunts, and many of them are perfectly confident and outgoing enough to walk into a dispensary and figure it out themselves. But a few, I I can think that they just wouldn't be right to go into the dispensary. They really need that, maybe that that talk all the way there, and maybe someone even in there with them, or a video or some kind of information. Mm-hmm kind of guiding their their path <laughs> yeah i'm not sure if you're aware actually but during the pandemic we really focused on video content and i don't know if you've seen we have a our, our youtube channel is banging we um we've now surpassed uh 3.2 million views and wow. nice yeah. job guys. yeah i saw um, that at home with house of puff yep and um and i having been a teacher i tend to i write them and and help produce them and then christina performs them and she's oh, wow. You guys so are the relatable. perfect pair. Yeah. And she's so relatable. And, and, you know, like, we get the comment all the time. I never thought I'd see a woman like you using cannabis. And I'm so relieved. I can't believe the world has changed so much. This is awesome. You know, people, people really are ready to destigmatize, but they just don't necessarily know how. Right. And what a footprint with the video content there. Um, over 3 million views. How, how is it to um, jump on that treadmill of media creation? Did you feel pressure to keep creating the next video or are you guys taking kind of a laid back approach to the content schedule? Um, I mean, we're a very small but very hardworking team. And I'll be honest with you, we started out shooting them during the pandemic on my iPhone. Uh, okay. Wow. I yeah. was editing them on iMovie. I mean, we now have a professional awesome. crew, um, yeah. but, but yeah, there's always pressure to, to create more. And it's, it's so, um, it's so gratifying to get all the comments and have people be so excited and get to all see that appreciation. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. And really build a community. And it's interesting. We, we have, um, the viewers on our channel, our demo, we have people from every age group, um, mainly, you know, t- the 18 to 34 slot, but we have people in their 60s and, and it's interesting because those older um, consumers and viewers are actually more vocal online about what they like and, and what, you know, asking questions and we always... I answer all those questions on YouTube. That's one of my things. And I always like, I will do all the math for them to make an edible. I, you know, I'm just, we're so thrilled to, to get it out there and bring it to other people that it, it's really wonderful. I mean, that's, that's kind of our whole point is to, is to elevate through the accessories and through this new product that we're bringing out. It's all about elevating the experience so that people feel really comfortable no matter who they are. Right. Right. I think that's, um, and that's definitely noticeable in the, in the range of products and kind of in the styling and the design, you know, they feel like items that 
that you would find on the shelf or you would find on the coffee table, you know, maybe some artful like knickknacks for lack of better words, right? On the shelves, like showing like jars or incense holders. I think this all feels perfectly at home with that where it doesn't have the, like the spoon pipe, um, you know, varying colors or it's the tall bong with ice catchers and everything else to it. There's a time and place for that, but the simplicity here uh, and, and the kind of the, the aspect that you're putting off with the photography and the story with the House of Puff, I think really gets everything firing uh, at the same time. It, are there a few adjectives that you would use to describe the style that um, the House of Puff is trying to embody in their products? Yeah, um, inclusive, unapologetic. Um, Definitely. Uh, mainstream. To, yeah, it's just... Know. So that basically we, we want everybody to feel comfortable using cannabis. Um, they're like, and I, I got to tell you, speaking of your aunts, I was terrified the first time I walked into a dispensary because I look different than everybody else. And I, I just, I was like, are, and I didn't know anything really. And I, I felt so dumb and, and asking, like, I, I was like, are they going to think I'm an idiot because I'm asking these questions? Because I really have, I had no idea what an indica or sativa was. I, I had, you know, terpenes, schmerpenes. I, I just, <laughs> just right into the deep end. Yes. Right? Yeah. Um, and, and I mean, I, I tend to, if I like something, I tend to really go deep. And so, you know, now I know my mirror scene from my, you know, from my pining and things like that, but <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Not everybody's going to want to, um, yeah, that's, that's a good where, point too, right? That, that bridge. Yes. Yeah. So it, it kind of bridges the gap for you providing those luxury products that get the job done. I think it's important to point out that that connoisseurship aspect as nice as it is and as, as fun of a conversation it is to talk about what it means and where it came from. It's not actually necessary. It's happening in the background as you do your things and, you know, as you, as you use a piece or just curate what you like. Uh, yeah. Are, are the materials used uh, mostly ceramic for the pieces then, or are you experimenting with other types of products oh, as well? Yeah, we, we do ceramic, glass, and paper. So okay. um, the, the difference with our company, probably from most companies, is that everything we do starts in the artist studio. So I, I head up production, actually, and we will we'll either, so for show you it's easier even though it's a podcast um when we make new papers these are artist series papers and we license a work from an artist and oh that's cool yeah and we put it on the rolling papers because what's better than lighting up and immediately having something visual to stimulate your thinking and to take you to a beautiful place yes right? yeah definitely and and giving another place to kind of sh let that artist shine. Yeah, um, exactly. Or maybe their bringing piece their would work. exist in a collection. Exactly. <laughs> bringing that work to people who wouldn't necessarily otherwise see it. And um, like this work is, this is from an, uh, uh, a New York artist and it's called Clitoracy, which is uh, brilliant, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm looking then, closer now. <laughs> yeah, and then all of our... All of our artists' uh, collabs for the papers, they have a give-back component. So, um, Excellent. She, yeah, so this one goes to benefit Housing Works. Um, oh, and, wow, okay. you know, their support for the LGBTQIA community over the years, 
Um, we have another one that goes, it's by an artist named Chris Wilson, and he, um, his work is about, it's visual diary of how he got through 117 days of solitary confinement. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, That's it's a awesome. really beautiful work, but it like, and it's a very hopeful work that he calls it positive delusions. Like that's how he kept himself like, yeah, in that's powerful. State. Yeah. To get through that. And then the give back on that goes to an organization called Solitary Watch, which is looking to um, eradicate um, uh, solitary confinement in the U.S. So, uh, yeah, so there's yeah, so there's those kind of collabs on our papers. And then with our with our glass and with our um, ceramics, we hire artists and I work really closely with them, but I give them a ton of leeway as far as, hey, this is kind of like we wanted to make a joint holder because it was the pandemic. And we thought, you know, people aren't going to puff, puff, pass so much. So right. let's make a way that they can puff, puff, pass and like take the joint out of their holder and put it in somebody else's holder. And so they don't have to. By the way, that's another thing we love about the spritz. You can share it without Yes. Yeah. No issues, right? No uh, you issue. either have to go a joint per a joint to each in the circle, or you gotta have to get a little more creative. <laughs> yeah, or or you each have a holder, and you just put the the joint in the different holders, and that that's way pretty cool, right? Yeah, I saw right. those cigarette holders on there, that, and they are very artfully done. They got very nice, sleek lines and and kind of body to them. Um, I I also really like the color palette that Thank you guys you. have selected across the products seems to, I, I'd imagine any one could find one or two colors along those lines that they could relate to or that are kind of um, talking to them a little more than the others. I think for me, the the bourgeois black, it looks very oh, sleek. I, I really that like is. that. Um, looking at the wick holder and the rolling tray, it looks very sleek and clean. And then I saw the, the I'm going to probably butcher this, the gentileshi green. Yeah, it's like Artemisia Gentileschi. We name all of our colors after um, women artists who were were. Ah, okay. To, I saw that the O'Keefe camellia too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, cool. Yeah, that green is is just beautiful, and it's funny because of course we started, you know, woman-owned company. Really started with Christina making products for herself, um, and then we so we assumed that most of our customers were women but i am a big old nerd and i like my analytics um so actually 40 percent of our customers are men and i believe because, it yeah they... right they're just adult <laughs> products and we always try also to focus on the most um i don't i can't say the word healthy but the the least unhealthy option so like our papers are unbleached hemp um, right. right. And, and we're, we try to get organic paper. We don't want any pesticides. We don't ever put ink on them as pretty as we've tried to find an ink that we're sure won't hurt anybody to inhale, but we haven't been able to find it yet. Um, and, and it's same difficult. with, yeah, with like all of our other products, we're always trying to think about what's the, what's the least unhealthy way that you can consume no matter which method of consumption you, whether it's combustion or not that you yes. decide to consume with. Definitely. Yeah. I'd love to see that coming from the brand and kind of from a, the top down. That's, that's wonderful. I think that the, the industry gets a little ahead of itself, convincing folks to smoke and convincing folks to consume and, and sooner or later they're daily or regular consumers. And it, I think it's only for folks that have been in, in the game per se longer 
that have been consuming for like a decade who start to worry about their health, who start to, you know, pay attention maybe to their combustion or their inhalation. And I think that the industry might not be focusing on that as much yet. They're making all these new consumers, but these new consumers are going to need that same kind of long-term support to keep going and stay healthy. Totally. And, and I mean, that's for me because I came to it from a health Health actually drove you there. From the perspective of trying to solve a health problem, I'm always, because I got enough health problems, I don't need any more. You don't want to tack something onto the bottom of the list. (laughs) Exactly. So we're we're always trying to think of what's that, what's that healthy way, you know, and what's that environmentally friendly way that we can do it. Um, While that's not our first, first priority, we're still really driven by that. Yes. Yeah. Um, What is the newest product? on the site then. Um, is it the cigarette holder that came out most recently? Nope. Actually, it is our match strikers. Ah, we okay. realized that because we, we haven't wanted to do a lighter because it just doesn't feel uh, like it's not going to be handmade. It's not going to start in the artist studio. And we do have commercial production, but we always, we start in the artist studio, we have them make it, and then we transfer it to commercial production. So. Um, okay. A lot of our things are still handmade, though. So the match striker just came out for Christmas, and it's it's a way to combust. With, you know, it's beautiful. The matches coordinate. The, they're the same color as the as the holder, and we even thought, well, some people, you know, they're safety matches that we send with it. Um, and I don't know if you you if you smoke a lot, you probably know the difference between safety matches and and strike anywhere matches. Right. It's a little harder to get those safety ones going off your off your thumbnail, right? Yeah. Well, they <laughs> won't because they need phosphorus in order to to burn. So, so then we, the phosphorus on the bottom, or is it yeah, on the side? Yeah, we stuck a phosphorus strike plate on the bottom. But if you want to use if you want to substitute with strike anywhere matches, you can also there's a rough spot to be a striker on the on the um, ceramic holder. So we just kind of a and... ring of unfinished or of rough ceramic. Exactly. And if you yeah, notice, that's perfect for it. I'm not sure if you picked up on it, but it, it's the silhouette of a woman. The okay, shape of the of the holder is it's yes. like an I can, abstract and female form. There is a feminine energy throughout most of the products. I can I can tell for sure. I was, you know, explaining the, the sleekness of the cigarette holder you know, in hindsight, caught my eye is probably is the same silhouette, you know, the, that, that the curves and the hips of the yeah. products, you can see that throughout. I think that's awesome to be able to, um, not only, you know, preach and discuss the identity, but to actually act on that and have it represented in all of your products is something that, you know, many brands could, could struggle with for years. It's a, it's always hard to do that. So it seems like you guys are are really getting it across the line there, and I'll be uh, I'll be ta- taking a look at the gift sets here after this to see what what comes in black. <laughs> I'll yeah, have to try to get some reviews up for folks listening. And you know what? If you want something custom, I could always hook you up. Ooh, you guys <laughs> heard it people. here. We might have some uh, apartment one thirteen <laughs> stuff. <laughs> there you go. So yeah, what else is? Didn't come out with black until very recently. That was that uh, was just last summer. We finally came out with black. Yeah, I think the the dark forest green, the white, and then the the black just looks very contrasting in all the photos. I think that it really it looks striking there from my perspective. I will say the rolling tray also is very eye catching. Um, 
for folks listening, you got to check it out on thehouseofpuff.com. The tray is ceramic and kind of built like the letter, like a capital M. Um, yeah. And it gives it this kind of smooth flowing, almost like a waterfall counter, like in a kitchen, you know, because the same tiling is just coming down the sides. I think it um, it's definitely speaks for itself and would look right. good on uh, on a tray or with your kit and arsenal. Can I, can I tell you <laughs> the story of it? Because it, it, it has a good story. It, it, um, Christina went to Amsterdam um, and she was a very new smoker at the time. And the guy in the coffee shop saw that she was having a really hard time rolling. And so he brought her over a, a Pepto-Bismol pink, ugly plastic version of that tray and said, here, stick the dip of your paper into the dip of the tray and it'll keep the your mix in there so it's more in the middle so that you can roll easier. So, so like, she actually had some benefit from that tool, but it was not a pretty tool. Right. <laughs> So she came back, and that was the tray that I bought when I became a House of Buff customer. Um, that was my first one, yeah. And so she came back and had an artist make it, and and it does make rolling so much easier. Um, and and it's also very beautiful. So, um, yeah, we yeah, love Yeah, statement piece, I think. Um, I'm all about the kind of building up the kit, you know, when, you, when you're rolling. I've got, like, a few grinders I select from, maybe a, you know, Different pieces I'll throw on there for the time being, some different trays I've got. Uh, so I think that just from the like kind of fun, the collector aspect, there's so much to be had from uh, that this level of products and a kind of wide range of variety. Yeah, we keep saying to people like, shouldn't you have a pipe that matches your outfit? <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> if you're already accessorizing head to toe and exactly. And there matched are, out <laughs> yeah or i mean certainly you want them to match your home decor and if you're a connoisseur you, might, <laughs> you know you know like as you're saying you have you've built up your kit so you have different accessories for different moods or different kinds of sessions and you know that's that's great yes yeah and and that ritual that you get rolling and really preparing consumed cannabis is is unbeatable there's something just about the origami nature of sp- just spending some some quiet time with your product before you consume it, and having solid products to work with as well is um, just another way to level up. I think it's I love yeah, to see exactly. it. Uh, what's next for the House of Puff this year? Are you guys attending any conferences? Um, making your way out of New York State, or is it more focused on the East Coast right now for for brick and mortar? Well, right now because we're launching the spritz um, at the end of this month in New York. You know, it's a New York product. Um, we're really focused on on the New York market right now, which, you know, it's been a struggle, but it yes, is... Yes, we're almost there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It is the largest weed market in the world, and it's definitely going to come along. So we're really going to be focused over the next few months on launching. I mean, it's really special to us. It's our first THC product. Um and and it's also there's more cannabinoids like we have we have two of them and and one's a, a called Serenity Spritz and one is called Social Spritz. Um, nice, so, um, kind of hitting you know, the, hitting both ends. Yeah, a little bit heavier for the Serenity. Yeah, exactly. One one's really gonna relax you. The other one's gonna you know put you in more of a mood to to be with friends. Maybe take care of those social butterflies if you have any. 
Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so that's really our focus for the next few months is rolling that out for the first time. And, um, and like the Serenity Spritz has, has a, it's one to one to one THC, CBD and CBN. Ooh. Okay. And yeah. And then social is two to one THC to, um, CBD. Okay. Um, so, so you're getting different effects and, and we, we want to make them, our THC products, we want to make them really easy to use um, and understandable, but also take advantage of our connoisseurship and be able to make those blends. You know, like most, I mean, your average person is not going to know what CBN is, but yeah, unless they've been doing their, unless they've been doing their YouTube research. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But I've had such good luck with it personally that I really pushed to have it included in the serenity because um, it doesn't necessarily knock you out unless you have a higher dose, but in a microdose, it just really does whew, bring that calm into your life. And, and that's a lot kind of ease thing. any anxiety or just put a little softer edge on it, at least for the time. Yeah, yeah that's, that's excellent. Wh- um, are there specific shops where the spritz will be available or are you um, targeting a, a few different ones here? Yeah, it's, it's going to be available across the market. Um, I'm not allowed to say exactly who our first retail. Uh, more information is. coming yeah. soon. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, it, it will be available um, across the state, certainly in New York City um, and in and in other locations uh, with dispensary partners. So we're just really Excellent. excited to to move finally to be able to touch the plant and and to bring the same kind of sort of care and and sensitivity that we've brought to accessories to a THC product. Yes. Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to see how that goes for you all. And, and I'll be keeping an eye on the shop as well and all the social channels to see how the product line develops. Um, I'll be definitely bringing some things in house so listeners can look forward to a review or two and, and some better pictures as well on, from my side. I'll upgrade my tray that just has weeds spread everywhere and it'll be looking like this nice artistic uh, portfolio now. <laughs> and you don't have to put it away when grandma comes over. Exactly. Yeah. That's a, <laughs> that's a vase. You just lay your flower yes. horizontal. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Or, or it's a toothpick holder. <laughs> yes. And actually I use these, um, these metal bolt action pins that, uh, I constantly lose. So I could see Put resting the pin desk. there on the desk and keeping some things close by. I've got there a, I go. got a bad habit of walking away with it. There you go. Well, yeah, uh, I mean, we, all of our all of our products are always multifunctional, so that that's one of the things we want. We and that, that's part of the normalizing, right? You can use our any of our products; they're food safe, so you could use them to to serve food on your table. Um, and, I could see and, some of the the ashtrays or even the rolling tray being perfect for certain um, exactly. certain dishes. You know, pottery board. Oh or, yeah, you know, <laughs> olives, whatever. Um, yeah. And that just makes it feel like, oh, well, this is normal. This isn't something like I remember, you know, for years I had this really ugly plastic blue uh, bong um, that was, you know, big. and, and <laughs> Got the job and, done. Yeah, I got the job <laughs> done. It was great. But I had to hide it anytime anybody came over because I was kind of embarrassed of it. Uh, yes. Yeah. This is these are pieces that you can um, be proud of. Right. Even tell the story. Exactly. It's excellent. It looks like looks like it's time to find one more female artist to represent the color portfolio as I was looking for a, a, a chief's red, a very bright, fiery red. And oh, I see really? the camellia and then the pink orchid. 
So you have to keep that in mind if you come up, come up with another one. I have to tell you that red is just difficult for us because um, red is made, and now I'm going to get really nerdy, red's made from um, cadmium, and that is a toxin. So Oh, I see. Yeah, okay. So that's why we don't have a red pipe. That's why we don't have a lot of red in the palate because it would that be makes sense. unhealthy. That's awesome. In that case, don't. Don't let some poor artist draw the short straw and be on yes, the cadmium-infused products. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes, so, you guys know what you're doing. <laughs> but at some point, I'll figure it out. <laughs> no, that's a that's a good thing to, to work on in the in the lab. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, thank thank you so much, Holly, for the for the conversation today and, and telling us a little bit about the House of Puff. Um, where can folks connect with you, uh, Christina, and and the company? Well, there's definitely our Instagram, which is at the House of Puff. Um, then there's our YouTube, if that's your preferred. I'm a YouTubeaholic, um, so that's definitely my preferred medium, and that's at home with House of Puff. Um, we also have a great editorial site where you can find recipes and stuff like that. That's the drawingroom.blog, as in okay. to draw. Um, and uh, then, um, of course, there's our website, um, houseofpuff.com. And, you know, if someone has questions for me, I'm old school, so just shoot me an email at holly at houseofpuff.com. Hey, excellent. Yeah, thank you again, and, and we'll look forward to seeing what else comes from the House of Puff here this year. Great. Such a pleasure, Rob. Thank you for listening to the Apartment 113 podcast. For more information about the show, along with our services and courses, visit apt113.com. We offer cannabis software product management, cannabis education courses, and freelance writing. With over a decade of experience in the cannabis industry, Apartment 113 is here to help.